This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sukkasana United Methodist Church, April 25th, 2021. The message is, Beyond the Good Samaritan, based on 1 John 3, 16-24, and Luke 10, 25-37. Would you join me as I pray? A loving, gracious God, we thank you for this beautiful day that you created. We thank you that you continue to lead us and guide us in our everyday lives. Oh God, we pray that you would inspire us with the words of Scripture this morning to lead us and guide us through your word. Help us to discern your will and plan for our lives. Teach us your way of salvation, your way of truth, so that we could continue to follow your Son, Jesus Christ, faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dr. Fred Credock, the retired professor at Emory University, he was a preaching professor, by the way, once said that the purpose of sermon is to help the listeners to revisit their experiences, to revisit, revisit their lives through listening to the words of God. So here's a movement that happens when we listen to the Word of God, whether it's a preaching, Bible study, personal devotion. It's a movement from the text to the context. By listening to the scriptural text, we come to revisit the context, which refers to our own lives, our realities, our experiences, our understanding of God and the world around us. Sometimes we approach the Bible with a specific concern and interest. We read it with particular questions and inquiries in mind. For example, a couple of years ago, I read the Bible to figure out what the Bible talks about the family, what it, what it tells us about marriage. And I realized the complexity of the biblical, biblical views of the family and the marriage. In this case, the movement is the way around. We're moving from the context to the text. As we read and reflect on the scripture, we actually move back and forth between the context and the text. And both approaches are necessary to deepen our understanding of the Bible and to discern God's will for us, especially in the midst of these growing uncertainties and ambiguities in our world. As you heard today's biblical text, especially the parable of a good Samaritan, what context, what experience, what event, what news came to your mind? Think for a moment. As you're hearing today's scripture reading, what context, what event, what experience came to your mind? This is a question of how this particular text help us to revisit our current context, reality, experience at this time. 
We know this story, this famous story. One day Jesus was having a conversation with a religious law expert who tried to test Jesus. Luke tells us that this man asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And he did this to justify his actions. Instead of giving him a definition of who neighbor is, Jesus tells a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the way he was attacked by the robbers. They took his clothes and beat him up and went up, leaving him half dead. Now imagine a man lying on the road after being attacked on the way. I want to show, show you a video created by the Christian pilgrimage. The mountain roads from Jericho to Jerusalem are, are so narrow that anyone coming upon such a vic- victim would have not been able to miss him. A passerby might have to literally step over his body if he was traveling with an animal. So given this geography, the act of religious people who just ignore the victim stands out even more. And remember the question that I put out for you in the beginning of my sermon? As you heard today's biblical text, what context, what experience, what event stood out or came to your mind? Personally, today's biblical text, the story of Good Samaritan, reminded me of an incident that happened in Manhattan about a month ago. I'm sure many of you heard the story about a 65-year-old Asian woman who was physically, verbally attacked by a man on the street in the city. I won't describe the detail of what this man did to the woman, but after watching the video on social media, I couldn't do anything for a while. I just couldn't do anything. It was disgusting, horrifying. But what was even more shocking was a video footage from apartment building surveillance camera. As the violence scene unfolded in the street, three men were watching from the lobby of a nearby luxury apartment building. When the woman was struggling to stand up, one of the, one of the men, a security guard, closed the front door to the building instead of intervening and helping the victim. It really, it really broke my heart. I don't know exactly why they reacted in the way they did, and I'm not saying this to put a blame on the bystanders. To be honest, we don't really know how we would react in such a circumstance. We never know. But what broke my heart was the message that it communicated to the world, especially to the Asian, Asian American community. The message that even if they are assaulted on a busy street in a broad daylight, they may be left to fight and protect themselves. What's troubling and heartbreaking was the inaction, indifference we witnessed. What a chilling message it it is that if you're being attacked, the community will not be standing for you. Where is a good Samaritan? Who is a good Samaritan in this situation? What would good Samaritan do? 
It was the question that I raised myself as I was thinking about this story. And it assured me, of course, I, I preached on this text several times, probably over 10 times, not just here, other churches, but it assured me of why the story of Jesus need to be told continually, even after 2,000 years. This terrifying news put this gospel story in a new light and made me reflect on it from a slightly different angle. We know from the story that when Samaritan traveling the road found him, he was already attacked by the robbers and was left half dead beside the road. But what would the good Samaritan have done if, the, if he came across the traveler while the robber were, were beating him? What would the good Samaritan have done if he came across the traveler while the robbers were beating him? What do you all think? Well, there are a few possible courses of actions a Samaritan could take. He could step in, stop the bidding, help the, help the Jewish men, or hide, wait until the robbers do their business, and then go out to help. Would the Samaritan risk his own life and safety to save the, save the traveler? Well, we cannot predict his action in this new scenarios because it's imaginary situation. This question imagines different situation, obviously more dangerous one, where the safety of the Good Samaritan could also be compromised and threatened. In such a situation, what would the Good Samaritan do? We call this type of question the divergent question. The divergent question allows us to explore different avenues and create many different variations with alternative answers and scenarios. They stimulate our imagination and creative thoughts. Whatever answer you come up with, these answers are most likely to be the result of your ethical and moral decision-making, whether you recognize it or not. To answer this question, you need to make an ethical decision about how we treat those who are stuck in precarious situations, how we respond to violence against others, and more fundamentally, which has the higher priority in the lives of the Christians, the safety of ourselves or saving and helping others. Fundamentally, this is a question about our moral and ethical decisions and actions. We do make moral ethical decisions everyday lives, all the time, small or big. Some decisions are easy to make but difficult to put, it, put into it practice. Other decisions are difficult to make but might be easy to practice. And there's a thing called moral dilemma. There is a thing that is hard for us to make a decision as well as to practice. We know what the Good Samaritan did in the original story. It's the right thing. Right? It's the right thing to do as opposed to what other Jewish leaders did. 
And this is why we named the despised Samaritan Good Samaritan. Even if what he did wasn't an easy thing to do, we feel like we know the right answer for a situation like that. We feel like we know what we should do and how we should act if we were in the same situation. However, in the question I raised, this Samaritan faces a different condition, more dangerous, unsafe, but frequently happening in our society these days. Yes, people are on the edge. People are suffering, surviving from this COVID pandemic and all the negative consequences from it. In one interview, uh, Gail Saltz, a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, mentioned that the pandemic is making people easily irritable or having a shorter fuse, more quick to anger. He was answering the question of whether the pandemic is making people meaner. What he explained was that feeling quicker to be annoyed by things and to spark to anger as a result is quite different from from being mean because in most cases, it's a stress response. It doesn't mean that you are being inherently mean. But does this mean that the hate crimes, racist attack we currently see in our society are the aftermath of COVID pandemic? It's true that the pandemic is making people become more intolerant, indifferent to others and others' pain, as many social critics point out. However, the issue is more deep-rooted and more entrenched in our society, in our community. According to the national statistics pre-COVID, hate crimes have been increasing in the U.S. almost every year since 2014. Hate crimes in the U.S. rose to the highest level in more than a decade last year. This is from FBI report. To define the term, hate crimes are the violent acts resulting from intolerance and bigotry intended to hurt and intimate someone because of race, ethnicity, national origin, religion, sexual orientation, or disability. And this is why the hate crimes are particularly devastating to the survivors. The only motive is a person's own identity in a particular group, something you cannot change. Survivors of hate crimes are often left with strong emotional reactions which can incur terror, rage, anger at the perpetrator, feeling of powerlessness, deep suspicion of others, diminished self-worth and confidence, fear for others, because they are not sure of how widespread the bigotry is and how many others would be willing to commit this type of violence. As a result of this, Many victims may stay away from the community activities previously were part of their lives. Some who are victims of hate crime violence search for reasons other than their race, their identity, to explain the attack since these human characteristics are impossible to change. In Luke's Gospel, 
Jesus taught that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. And as Christians, we know we are called to love and help our neighbors when they are in need, when they are in trouble. But what if we know that our helping, our acts of hospitality could compromise our own safety? What would you do? What would the Good Samaritan do if he comes across the traveler while the robbers were beating him? We know this is not merely a question for theological, philosophical debate and inquiry. This is a question for our reality check this week, this day, in today's world. As we witness the rise of all kinds of hate, crimes, and violence, we know there is no easy answer for these issues. I remember watching ABC hidden camera television show, What Would You Do? I'm sure many of you watched this previously. But this is where the actors perform the scenarios of conflict in public. This show focuses on the bystanders to see how they react to such situations. A few years ago, they performed a skit in a, in a nail, nail shop, a spa, with Asian actors performing as the workers. The Caucasian actress was told to be racially offensive. She began to comment rudely on the worker's quality of life, justifying herself with the fact that the workers didn't understand English, and went on to make a racial com comment, raising from Asians being bad drivers, good at math, all the other Asian stereotypes you can think of. All this was performed in front of unknowing customers Sure enough, the customers reacted. Some looked at the women with unpleasant faces, but kept silence. Others spoke up, and others, there was one lady who touched my heart. She spoke up against her acts of racism, against her verbal psychological attack. She stood for the Asian worker crying. She was crying. Even if it was a fake situation, for me, it was a cry for the broken souls, the brokenness in our society. Of course, it wasn't a life-threatening life situation, but still risky situations to get involved. However, she stood up, spoke for the woman. She chose to become a neighbor to the Asian worker. She was a good Samaritan. Friends, the same call is before us. It's a challenging call. It's up to you whether you would step away or step in. And stand for the strangers who Jesus said was your neighbors. It is your call. What would you do if you are a Samaritan? My hope and prayer for all of you here is that we become, you become a good Samaritan to someone and we become a good Samaritan to one another. A week ago, I received an email from a Korean pastor whose church is located near Hackensack, New Jersey. I don't know the pastor of the church personally. I never heard of uh, the church name. But they heard about one of our church members who lost the family members recently, I'm sure you all know, 
and one of their church members working in a spa in, in the area, and they heard about the story. Their hearts were broken when they heard about what happened to the family. And they had been praying for the family. And God led them to go further, the extra mile. The pastor sent me an email expressing their willingness to, to support the family financially and sent us a check. They never seen the family in person. They even not in this area. I was blown away by their love and compassion. They become a good Samaritan to a stranger. Friends, as John teaches in his pastoral letter, we've come to understand, experience love through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And this is why we should live sacrificially for others, not just be out for ourselves. If you see some brother or sister in need and trouble, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens? What happens to God's love? John says, it disappears. It disappears. You make it disappear. So friends, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. And this is the only way we will know we are living truly, living in God's love and God's reality. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Amen.